Hello, and welcome to the Evie Prince series podcast. My name is Victoria Wright, inspirational writer and author of the Evie Prince series, a trilogy of books that tells the story of a 40-something woman named Evie Prince who experiences a life-altering spiritual awakening. Evie's awakening causes her to question her life and seek answers. As a result, she finds herself in a place that she never thought she would be, single, unemployed, and completely unsure of what to do next. This will not be your usual podcast. In each episode, I will read a chapter, then highlight key reminders that were included to help you, as they have helped me, on your journey of discovery and remembering what you know to be true, but have chosen to forget. To learn more about me in the series, please visit www.healingwords.online. Welcome back to Listen Within, a novel of discovery and finding true self, written and narrated by Victoria Wright. Copyright 2021 by Victoria Wright. Today's episode is Chapter 10, Island Girl. Even though it was dark, I slipped into the house knowing exactly where to go. Unfortunately, I stepped on the infamous loose board, which created an annoyingly loud creak. I've long held the belief that it was my grandfather's homemade alarm system. He always denied it. It seemed like nothing had changed over all these years. I flipped on a switch, but no light so I hurried back to the car and got my flashlight out of the emergency kit. As I re-entered the house, the flashlight gave the room a warm but ominous feel. I was quickly transported back to being a teenager, hearing Grandma in the kitchen and Grandpa out in the yard. Spending time with my grandparents was always a double-edged sword. I loved being with them so much, They gave me stability and love, something that my mother was unable to do. If I was visiting my grandparents, it meant that my mother was gone again. I never got a real explanation as to where she went, but she would always return and we would go on with life. I'd been 16 when I heard the familiar, we're going to visit your grandparents, and I knew she would be gone again. This time, unfortunately, she never returned. All I remembered was Grandpa leaving the island, and when he returned, he had all of my stuff. We had never discussed it further. I weaved through the house, assessing my surroundings. No electricity meant there was no water. I didn't want to look around too much and get overwhelmed with everything that needed to be done. I checked my cell service. Okay, but not great. I still had 75% battery, so I was good for a day. I quickly sent a group text to Hendrick, Riva, and Colby, letting them all know I had arrived safe and sound. Then I turned off my phone to save my battery. There was not much I could do tonight but try to get a good night's sleep. For whatever reason, I did not feel comfortable sleeping in the house 
So I grabbed a pillow and blanket from the trunk of the car and got in the back seat. Before I drifted off to sleep, I gave my appreciation to my higher self for getting me to the island safely. Then I looked at the night sky and forgot how dark it could get when there were no other lights around. The night was pitch black, yet the stars were so bright. It was an amazing night. What a magnificent way to start my new life. When I woke, everything felt damp. I'd left the window slightly open and the fog had rolled in. It was June, but the sun was just rising and I was cold. I looked around the car to see what I had to drink and eat. Half full bottle of water, bread, peanut butter, honey, some pork rinds, and beef jerky. No utensils, so I made a deconstructed PB&H sandwich by dipping the bread in honey and scooping it into the peanut butter. Then I grabbed the blanket and weaved around the side of the house to the back deck and ate my breakfast. What a view. In the distance to the left was the lighthouse. To the right, I could see the ocean. Growing up, I hadn't appreciated the scenery of the island and the wonderful little enclave my grandparents had so painstakingly created. The deck was creaky, but it seemed stable enough. I sat down and leaned up against the house, closed my eyes, and meditated, setting my intentions for the day. The scent of the salt water roused me from my meditation. I miss that smell. Not knowing what time it was, I shuffled back to the car, trying not to drag the blanket or get it tangled in the overgrown brush. I turned on my phone. 6.30. Wow. It was still early. I noticed that I didn't have great cell service, so I pivoted around in the driveway until I found the perfect spot that gave me at least four bars. Immediately, there were three texts that popped up. I smiled and checked Hendrix first. Evie, so happy you made it safe and sound. Every day since you left, I sit on my new couch feeling your presence and stare at your stunning painting. Miss you. Call when you can. Mm, even his texts are like a big warm hug. Colby's text was just as sweet. Evie, congratulations on starting your new life. The boys and I are so proud of you. They are already scheming on when we can come and visit. I know you will be busy, so I will wait for you to call me. Take care. Reva's text was the quintessential Reva. Glad you made it. Make sure you eat and get enough rest. You can't clean everything in one day. Call me so I can plan my trip to come down and help. Love you. Nice to know Reva was willing to help. Not like I doubted it for a moment. Now that the sun was up, I ventured into the house. First thing, I opened all the windows to let all the air circulate and get out some of that musty smell. The spiders hadn't taken over too badly. As I continued to inspect, I noticed a nest of some kind, so I guess I had a roommate. There was really not a lot I could do without electricity, so I went into the bathroom, looked in the mirror, 
put on my ball cap and checked my face to see that I didn't have any crud in my eyes. Then I went back outside and clumsily unhitched the U-Haul. Good thing I'd been doing my yoga, or I really could have busted my poopa. <laughs> I grinned, knowing that would be exactly what my grandmother would say. My first stop was Town Hall, so I could pick up my beach pass and to basically let people know I was in the house. Didn't need the town police coming over, thinking I was a squatter. When I got to the town hall, I noticed how things still looked the same. Granted, there had been some updates, but no major overhauls. I went to open the door when I noticed a sign that required masks for entry. Shoot. I ran back to the car and grabbed one from the front seat. When I greeted the woman behind the window, she gave me a funny look. Finally, she said, Ma'am? Do you know that you have a big glob of peanut butter on your mask? I went completely red and started babbling about how I got in late last night, no water or electricity. Her response was half-hearted. Uh-huh. Uh, I would like to pick up my beach pass. My name is Evie Prince. Oh, are you the family of Peter and Lily Prince? She questioned. Yes, I'm their granddaughter. I had forgotten how well-known my grandparents were. My grandfather had worked in the boatyard repairing and caring for other people's boats, and my grandmother had cleaned houses for the summer folk and was an artist for fun. So, how long you here for? She asked as if I was just a summer dink. I'm here permanently, just moved from Colorado. Really? Well, welcome. So, what do you do? I paused, then broadcast. I am an artist. Would I know your work? Not yet, but you will soon. With that, she slid the beach pass to me, and then we said our goodbyes. Now I needed to head down island to get my utility set up and buy gas and groceries. The drive down island was busier than I had expected, but then I remembered it was summer. I always recalled the island population growing five times over in the summer months, and it seemed like nothing had changed that. As I approached Five Corners, I entered it with trepidation. It literally was five roads that converged, then add pedestrians, and if the ferry was unloading, you had a real cluster. You had to trust that people knew the rules of the road. Any slight hesitation and you lost your turn. I made it through without issue, then pulled in to the closest gas station. OMG! I couldn't believe the price of gas. Mental note, always fill up before coming to the island. I steadily made my way to the electric company. It took me a while because of traffic, and... I got lost. This time, however, I located a clean mask before entering the building. I had no problem getting my utilities set up into my name. I was told that I should have power by the end of the day. Not exactly trusting the timeline, when I went to the market, I bought candles, an extra flashlight, and batteries. It was always good to have extras on hand. One good nor'easter, and the power was out. I also made sure to get a few extra large bottles of water for drinking and washing up. The trip down island took longer than expected but it was enjoyable to explore the island again. 
Right before I headed up island, I took the opportunity to get some coffee and plug in so I could have a full charge on my phone. While I waited, I closed my eyes and suddenly felt Hendrick. I needed to call him. The phone rang a number of times before he picked up. Evie, Hendrick answered in a harried voice. Hi, Hendrick, are you okay? Uh, it's Nick. She is sick. What do you mean she's sick? I gulped. She, she'd been staying with me, and she started to feel ill two days ago. We thought it was COVID, but her test came back negative. They don't know what's wrong with her. She's still in the hospital. The worst part is I can't be with her. His voice filled with concern. I am so sorry. Is there anything I can do for you? You are doing it already. Hearing your voice just brings me peace. Thank you. Please keep me posted on how things are going. My cell service isn't great, so I will call when I can. Evie, I do have one request. Sure, I replied. Please send my sister healing energy. Of course, Hendrick. She will be okay. Stay strong, I encouraged. Hearing your voice helps me keep positive. Thank you, he whispered. The entire drive back up island, I kept thinking of how to send Nick healing energy. When I pulled into the dirt road, I saw the house from a new view. Coming in last night, I hadn't really seen the house. Now I saw it in all its run-down glory. My grandparents had always kept this house so pristine. It is a two-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath cottage. Grandpa had kept the garden and landscaping perfect, and Grandma had kept the house flawless. Now it was a shell of what it had been. Don't worry, Grandma and Grandpa. She will be beautiful again. I sat in the car for a moment and closed my eyes before I went inside. I asked my higher self how to send healing energy to Nick. As my mind cleared and I entered a meditative state, I heard, Think of her with love. Let your energy rise and think of her with love. To raise my energy, I thought about when I had met Nick, her beauty, easygoing personality, and how much she looked up to Hendrick. A wide smile crossed my face. Then I asked the universe to send Nick my love. I literally felt my heart rate increase. It was like a surge of energy came over me. Then I observed the energy leave me and visualized it going to her. Wow, that was powerful, I thought. Never had I experienced something like that before. I sat for a few more moments, then grabbed my bags and brought them into the house. First thing first, I needed to clean the kitchen, bathroom, and my bedroom. Winding through the house, I turned on a few lights so that I would know when the power came on. Then I turned the faucet on. Nothing. I had two large bottles of water. I would use one for cleaning and washing and the other for drinking. As I stood at the kitchen window, I saw someone walking through the backyard. Mr. Brown, a neighbor who I hadn't seen in years. 
I knocked on the window and waved, then headed outside. Evie, I heard you bought your grandparents' house. When did you arrive? Hi, Mr. Brown. So nice to see you. I arrived late last night. Please, call me Adequin. Since your grandfather died, I tried to check on the house every week or so to make sure nothing bad happened. No wonder things look so good. Thank you for taking such good care of the house for us. I mean, me. So, how long are you here for? Indefinitely. I sold my house in Colorado. Congratulations. You are a smart girl, he grinned. Well, let me know what you need. Some dinner, maybe? Thank you, I sighed. That would be fantastic. Done. I went hogging the other day, so I have some fresh chowder and stuffers. Yum, I'm there. What time? I inquired. Five. I'm old. <laughs> so I do the blue plate special. He chuckled. I watched as Mr. Brown disappeared back through the bushes. When I got back inside the house, I noticed it was brighter. Yes, I have power. I had two hours before heading over for dinner. Time to clean. I turned on the kitchen faucet. Clink, clink, sputter. And finally, brown water started flowing out. I let the water run for a while until it became clear. Nice. Now I had water and power. What more could a girl ask for? I went into the bathroom off the main bedroom and decided this was my first target. Not as bad as I expected, but it was no walk in the park either. After an hour of detailed cleaning, I now felt safe to use the bathroom. I then moved to my grandparents' room, which I guess would now be my bedroom. I was uncomfortable cleaning this room because it had so many personal items. My grandparents had been very private people, and there was so much that I didn't know about them. Just being in here made me feel like I was intruding. Therefore, I decided to move to my old room. Even though it only had a single bed, I was fine sleeping in there for the time being. I looked at my phone and saw that I only had ten minutes before my dinner with Mr. Brown. Not much I could do with myself other than retie my hair and put on a clean sweatshirt. I then followed the worn path through the bushes over to Mr. Brown's house. Adequin Brown was a member of the local indigenous tribe and had been a fisherman for as long as I'd known him. He and my grandfather had been the best of friends. I remembered many nights when I was already in bed and would hear them out back telling fishing stories and hearing about the ins and outs of island life. No need to knock. Come on in. You're just in time. Adequin said when he saw me through the screen door. Mmm, dinner smells wonderful. I am starving. Well, that's good. Got plenty. I sat down at the kitchen table as Mr. Brown brought over a big bowl of chowder and opened a fresh bag of soup crackers. Can I get you something to drink? I got water and a couple of beers. What's your poison? Ooh, I'll take a beer. Nothing better than beer and chowder. We sat in silence, enjoying the chowder. It felt like I hadn't had a real meal in a long time. 
Mr. Brown always made the best chowder, too. Not too thick and always filled with quahogs. My grandmother used to try relentlessly to get his recipe, but he would never divulge his secret. Mr. Brown, this seems even better than I remembered. Did you ever give Grandma your recipe? He looked up from his bowl. <laughs> Not on your life, he laughed. So, what brings you back? Must be something big, leaving the city and your important job to come live here. So what happened? Mr. Brown was the salt of the earth, practical, wise, didn't mix words, and always knew when something was up. I took my last spoonful of chowder, a sip of beer, then started my sordid story. Well, where to begin? I told him about being laid off and my desire to paint again. I did not, however, tell him about my new spiritual realizations. He looked at me sideways, probably knowing I was only telling half the story. So, you gonna take up where your grandmother left off? Huh? What do you mean? You gonna be an artist and paint like your grandma? I hope to be half as talented as her. He looked at me as if he already knew and said, Don't worry, you'll create amazing art. Now, do you have enough room for a stuffer? Always. After another hour of small talk, I headed back through the bushes. Mr. Brown said he would come over tomorrow to make sure the stove worked and to get the refrigerator running. The sun was just about set and the sky was filled with vibrant reds, orange, and yellows. I sat on the back deck, watching until the sun disappeared. Then I rummaged through the trailer, looking for the linen closet box before I headed back into the house. The sheets were too big for the single bed, but they were clean. I had traveled so much through my life that sleeping in a new place normally didn't bother me, but for some reason... I was not comfortable in the house. Not yet, at least. It, it was too quiet. I left a few lights on just to give me some comfort and to keep any animals away. Then, before I headed to bed, I sent Hendrick a text asking how Nick was doing and telling him about my day. Sleep came quickly. Today's episode is brought to you by Healing Words Customized Meditations, written for you and only you. To learn more, visit www.healingwords.online. Reminder, anyone can send healing love to someone else. Think of the person that you want to send your healing love to. Let your energy rise. Feel the energy build within you. When you feel it leaving your body, then think of that person with love and send that energy to them.